The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. You now listen to The Coaches Network, a podcast aiming to bring people at the heart of player development together. My name is Coach Yas, a UEFA A licensed and FA goalkeeping B licensed coach with over 10 years experience working in youth football from grassroots right through to Premier League academies. I'm currently operating as an affiliate shooter for the FA, alongside working towards a Masters in Performance Football Coaching. I'll be sitting down with coaches, coach educators and key figures in the game to have free-flowing conversations and discuss the challenges, lessons learned and effective trends in the coaching world today. As usual, I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Ahmed. Hey guys, hope everyone is well. Looking forward to today's discussion. Ben. And Sherlin. Welcome, guys. Welcome back, guys. How's everyone today? Yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah good, good, good. You. Right, guys. So today we're going to be looking at um, the concept of opposed training versus unopposed training. Um, and just get some views on that. But before I go into that, I just want to just refer, refer back to a study that I've actually come across. Um, it was a study that was conducted back in 2016 um, at Victoria University in Australia. Um, 12 junior male basketball players were used to conduct the study. Um, they met all members of elite junior squad um, with an average of about 10 and a half years playing experience each. They were put into pairs based on, the, I guess, their skill at the time and the, and the usual playing positions, and they were tasked with performing 30 test trials in opposed and unopposed conditions. Throughout the t- test trials, they, we, they were asked to take five different types of shots six times round. And they were directed to give the same level of intensity for each unopposed and opposed repetition they performed. The five shots that were, that were asked to carry out were the three-point shot, the free throw, the post move, which is basically where you're just in uh, front of the charge circle with your back to the basket, for those who don't know. Um, the pull-up jumper, which is basically a jump shot just inside the three-point line. And then a screen and curling cut, which is basically where the player would sprint from the baseline to the top of the key, essentially running around uh, an, uh, a player on their team who was presented as a screen for the opposition. Uh, with the shot finishing off around in and around the free throw line, all the participants performed the sequence in the sequence of shots in the same manner. So whether that would be everyone started with three point, then free throw, then post move, and so on and so forth. So there was no differences in that respect. Um, but here's the interesting thing. The presence of the defender when, when opposed led to significant change in the behavioural measures, including faster shot execution times, longer jump times when uh, taking the jump shot, and an increased amount of time in which the ball actually spent in the air as it travelled to the basket. Now, there was a slight decline in the overall shooting accuracy of the of the opposed um, situation. So there was a slight decline of just over 20% of accuracy in terms of that. But what the results revealed was actually the performance changes were linked to the dynamic nature of the task. So where there was a, I guess, a defender in a way, they had to now be conscious of about how the defender was positioned, whether the defender was, I guess, bigger or smaller than them, quicker or slower than them. So these things definitely did have an impact on that. I think the important thing to kind of take away from that is obviously when now when our design and practices, you know, in invasion games of you know football in particular, we need to start to consider actually how much influence the opposition player has within that because obviously you know it will, it will affect the intensity of things. Um, you'll also start to consider things like how far the diff player may, may be from you, 
will that change your, I guess, your decision in terms of how you perform an action or whether that affects your technique when performing an action as well. So, I mean, I guess the question for you guys is having, you know, just reflected back on that study briefly, what are your thoughts and you know, where are you kind of guys in minds that in terms of whether you go down the opposed or unopposed pathway, are you, are you, are you for the opposed? Are you, are you, you know, for the unopposed? Are you, are you a bit of a mixture and, you know, I guess how, what's influenced that for you? Um, yeah, like I like to just kind of think about it. Like, um, for me personally, and uh, the journey I've been on, I feel like if you if you're talking about like sort of skill acquisition and like developing skill, um, that the opposed practice is probably um, better. Just uh, based on our context, uh, I'm I'm guessing obviously, obviously in our other contexts such as like a um, I'll say like a tennis or or those sort of sports where there's no direct sort of physical um, influence that obviously the unopposed the element of it is uh, is better but uh, in our one uh, I feel like it's very hard for you to replicate that sort of um, you know physical influence that can occur in football with the technique and the, uh, it even goes uh, to the point that I was—I think I was listening uh, to a podcast the other day, and it was really, it was relating to one of the Tottenham players, and they were saying they were talking to like Toby Alderweireld about, it, and he's even talking about the fact that yes, they are doing their their whole physical program and obviously uh, working with the ball, but he said he one of the things he may struggle with is the technique of actually tackling, because of the whole element of you know having that physical contact there and getting around the physical contact to try and win the ball. So the, I I feel that it, like, if if I, if I had to choose one, it would be the unopposed just because... Uh, uh, I mean, the opposed just because the unopposed has um, its limitations to it, that um, it will be hard to replicate um, the demands of the game within the skill acquisition sort of exercise that you're doing. Mm. So I guess within that, uh, go on. Sorry, sorry, man. If I just add to that, uh, the way I see it is, uh, if you're gonna introduce like a new skill or technique or a way you want your team to play out from the back or something, it might be unopposed, just to make sure they get their success and you understand what you want. But I absolutely agree with Ben. You need to have that opposed aspect to make it more game specific, more relatable, because there's gonna be a lot of things that happen. Like you said, yes. Where's the defender now? Is he coming towards me? Is he dropping off? So it does make a lot more kind of decision-making and the players get a bit more well-rounded, in my opinion, when it's uh, more opposed. But if it is something that's completely new to them, I I tend to start with unopposed. Right. I mean, go on. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share my thoughts in a second. What about what yourself, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of both, to be honest. Um, more or less similar to what uh, Ahmed and Ben has mentioned regarding if it's if it's a new practice to the player or the players, uh, and it's you know example pattern play where you're playing out from the back and trying to get them used to that that way of maneuvering the ball how you would like it. I do agree that opposed is important, but I don't think it's important all the time. <laughs> that's that's why I'll say I'm I'm fifty fifty in a sense where you 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 have practices sometimes where the players are performing certain movements 
and that's a, a small little circuit that could be even with the ball or, or, or without the ball or without the, the, the opposing player. And that's more or less to get them used to the, the style of what they need to be playing on. It's in a, in a certain system. And then I believe that once you add the opposition into it, it sets them a new challenge of what's, what to think about with that person coming towards him. And we've also got to remember as well, some players, people in general, they learn in different ways. So as, as much as that we may think, yes, opposes the, the 100% way to go, sometimes you've got to strip it back a little bit to understand where that player, whether it's he or she, knows how to start learning a, a certain different tactic or style of play. Hence why I say I'm 50-50. Right. Well, it's interesting because I've, I've come across another bit of research that actually suggests the performing of the action is actually... Um, embedded deeper and I guess the understanding of the performing of the action is embedded deeper when actually performing in an opposed environment um, and opposed doesn't necessarily mean it has to be fully opposed it could be semi-opposed because actually even just by watching others perform similar actions or similar moments they're actually now starting to con- construct in their own minds how things work essentially um, I'm, I'm from a school oh, I'm from a thought process that actually I don't really use unopposed practices at all um, unless I'm doing a one-to-one session potentially. I try and avoid using unopposed practice because quite simply for me, it's, you're not unopposed in a game. But what, what do you do if a player doesn't fully get the way things are being designed out you know, the first two or three times. I mean, as a coach, what, how would you strip it back for them or would you continue to go opposed because it is your 100% belief? So, I'm not, sure, I'm not too sure I understood your question. Can you say that again? All right. Imagine that I'm a player. Now, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, under, I'm under your guidance and your set way is, 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 is opposed. You, you believe 100% it's got to be opposed and opposed is kind of something you would avoid. But imagine mm-hmm. if I had different types of learning, you know, a, di- a different way of, of learning what you was trying to demonstrate to me by starting off without the physical uh, op- opposition, whether it's semi or, or fully, because I, I, I learn in stages. I learn by the pattern first, and then I focus on the opposition after once I've just developed the pattern in my head. Yes, I mean, e- e- even then, I'd be asked... Oh. I'd be looking at first of all what what are you struggling to identify here. So obviously you talk about different learning styles. This you know if if you haven't been able to understand it, you know, just by me instructing, then I'm obviously gonna have to demonstrate it. At some part in that process, you're not gonna. I don't believe you're gonna get it completely wrong. You're gonna have some idea of what's expected. I think it, it, for me, it's all about not even directing a player on how to specifically do something, but actually just setting, giving them the end goal and say this is what I want. I want to see on the back end of whatever you do. And see how it pans out for them. Now, that in itself won't have a direct impact on, I guess, how my practice looks. But my practice will obviously be impacted in the sense that this is the solution they've applied to the challenge that's in front of them. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I I love another one, obviously, around that because I I totally understand what you're saying. And I I also agree with, with your last point there. It's just that we're... Over the over the years, you, you know, you I've learned that players learn in different ways, and, and mm. I totally get what you're saying. You you make certain adjustments, but it's I've I've seen some coaches they've been hell bent on well, this is my way and it's and it's my way, you know. So how would you 
try to convince that sort of mindset? Yeah, I think, like I said, ultimately, for me, I, I believe in um, in challenging the players' decision-making constantly. A large part of my coaching philosophy is around developing self-awareness of the players. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is done through Q&A and guided discovery for me. Um, so when I'm working with the players, it's constantly a reflection process. It, like, it's ongoing reflection, right? If we've done this, right, what were the outcomes that we achieved in that, in that specific moment, right? What were we trying to achieve? Have we met the outcomes, right? How might we develop that further? Or what could we have done differently? What would you do if the defender did this? So in, in certain situations, I actually might set up a practice in a way where I direct the opposition player in that instance to defend in a particular manner right? or approach it in a particular manner. So it might be, right, I'm giving you the challenge shell of trying to get in on the inside of the defender, but I'm purposely telling the defender, actually, I want you to do everything in your power to stop them from getting inside. Now, the challenge has been set that I would like you to get inside, but I'm not directing that's the only outcome that we can achieve here. So it's now up to you to now identify, right, when the moment's right, how can we get that player in a position where we can actually get inside them? But if the outside's on, then we're going to do that because that's what's on, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get that. So we're, we're, just just a, a point that Armin mentioned about, like, say, pattern play, building up from the back and so on. We start off the majority of the times unopposed. Yeah. Are you in favour of that as well, or is it straight into a pose? Nah, straight into a pose. And what I'll then do is I'll just restrict the opposition to a certain level, to a certain extent. So the opposition will be restricted to say, actually, initially, they're just going to be shadowing the play. Okay. Because I believe it's vital for the players who are maybe performing the pattern initially to understand maybe some of the parameters and dimensions that they're going to have to work around based on where the opposition are, as opposed to trying to visualise it. I, 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 again, I understand what you're saying. It's just where, where you know, where you're looking at every player, again, I, I repeat, it learns differently. But what we get, what we used to get taught on, on our, you know, coaching courses that where if you go straight into, say, the skill side, you know, you know, the, not this, yeah, the skill side where it's opposed, Mm. You know, they did encourage you to strip it back and go back to the technical side if mm. a player or players are struggling. Mm. If, if I mean, if I felt that the players or players are struggling on the technical side of things, then I probably wouldn't be doing a pattern of play in the first place. Okay. I probably would just be working on, and again, it's very, I'd still be working in an opposed manner because put it this way, me and you could be five yards apart or 10 yards apart playing a pass to each other, but all of a sudden, the mechanics our bodies go through and I guess the, the movements our, our bodies carry out will be different if Armin stands in between us. No, no, yeah, again, I, I, I agree. Just, I'm, I'm thinking about the people who would be out there who be listening and probably seeing it in a light where, you know, a pose is very important. Yeah. But at the same time, an oppose for me personally as well is is important too. And, and I get what you're saying using the example of you and I playing a five-yard pass between each other. But once you have related to that player, that you have to think now about the opposition, surely the mind switches to, okay, I've got this right, but now I need to focus on that instead of going straight into the opposition. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm, I, I think that is good. Right. When you... Learn how to drive a car, for instance. Some people might have started off in a in a in a car park and I guess understood the, the I guess the technical aspects of the, driving a car in terms of putting it into gear, switching it on, and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But actually, a lot of people just get chucked straight into it on a lesson. But what are they restricted from? Potentially driving on the motorways where it might be a bit more intense. Um, but you're getting chucked into the environment, aren't you? 
Now, for some people, they're gonna there's gonna be again different levels of the restrictions to it. So for some people, they might go into a car where the instructor has their own set of pedals on their side as well. Yeah. Now, not for everyone, but I'm sure that if an instructor felt that that was necessary, they probably wouldn't be taking you on because you're probably not ready for that stage yet. So it's now about managing that. I guess level of uh, interference from your position in that respect. So it's still un- it's still opposed. It might not be fully opposed. Um, so what, I, what you're saying is slowly building up to it. Yeah, exactly. So you're just kind okay. of teething teething them into it. So uh, for me, I I I struggle to understand or not rather I struggle to see how a semi or yeah semi opposed to an extent. Uh, practice would would be less beneficial than an unopposed for me if you're working unopposed you're going to be yeah right you might build up your motor motor mechanics and certain movements and your muscle memory to perform certain actions however you're not doing it with any pressure because as soon as you throw the other variable in there that movement isn't the same anymore that action isn't the same anymore so why practice without it when i'll give you an example so for instance ben when we was working with the girls um, on the on the weekend, yeah, every session, what did we do at the start? Uh, like free roam and dribbling. Uh, was free roam, but, but it was one v one, wasn't it? Yeah, one v ones. We literally one v ones. Now, we didn't really do any isolated work in terms of unopposed practice. It was literally just one v ones. But what we did do is remember when I said, right, what we're going to do is every couple of minutes we're going to change who they're paired up against. Therefore, that's going to now challenge them to use the same, I guess, techniques they've been using, but just under try and develop an understanding of where and when to apply them against who and and how, if that makes sense. Can I ask a okay. question, please? Go for it. So you see this group of girls, it's a dribbling yeah. exercise, it's a pose. Mm-hmm. What if mm-hmm. one of the girls, she just kept on getting tackled after two, three um, touches? Just but then there's going to be times where actually that that's not going to happen to her. So after, after, I'm saying, after, I'm saying, I'm saying there's, one, there's one girl yeah, who she's playing against, she does one or two touches and she gets clamped. She gets the ball gets taken from her, or whatever it is, or she can't manage to keep the ball under control. So what are you going to do right. with her? Are you just going to carry it on like that because she's a yeah? Player? I I personally would. But then, but then can't you notice notice that she needs to actually learn how to dribble first? Like, but tail. the thing is, what I'm trying to say to you, she's going to learn how to dribble. Now, you might for me, I might develop a confidence in dribbling it unopposed. But actually, am I really helping if I'm not allowing her to experience that environment? So. Is she confident enough to actually still be in that context? Yeah, but then you need to um, address like that social corner of the of the four corner model. But but this is this is what I'm going at. So if, for me, if she's still comfortable dealing with the context, but maybe technically she's not competent enough, I don't mind leaving her in there. Fair enough. But then because, what? what then what does that do to her yeah. psychologically? Then because remember, I, I get what you're saying, and like I said, I, I agree with, with the opposed side as well. But I'm more thinking about, you know, the mindset of of that player. Now, if you left that player in there, and they're seeing their their friends continuously advancing, 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 that could actually have a backward effect on that player. It, it, it could do, but but I'll tell, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what we did in that particular instance. So, like I said, every what would happen is every 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 Saturday, the girls would arrive, um, and for the first 20, 30 minutes or so, they would just be doing 1v1s. But every every two to three minutes, they'll change the player they're playing against. So they're likely to get some success against someone. Now, the challenge for us as coaches in that context was, or rather the role for me as a coach in that context was not to direct them and tell them what to do, but actually 
challenge them and extend their perspective on actually right why am i getting success against this person why am i not getting success against that person what are the differences that we're raising here what we what we become in you know what we actually observing so um, you know for some players you might come up on you know if i come up against ben clear ben's bigger than me so i might have to play a different way to if i played against someone who's smaller than me now what else do you need to take into consideration? Well, is that person quicker? They might be big, but what does that mean? Is that, are they quick? Do they know how to use their body? All these different things that we, you know, we want to try and take away the stereotypes away from it and say, right, actually observe what's happening. Based on what's happening in front of you, how might that change how you then approach the situation? So as a player who's maybe not as confident on the ball, potentially, you might, your solution to that might be, actually, I'm not going to get too tight to the play. I'm going to try and stay away from them. And that's going to be my way of managing that opposition. But actually, now I'm against this person who's maybe not as quick as me. I can afford to maybe be a bit closer to them, but maybe I might need to take different types of touches. But that's where the Q&A part comes in. It's not constantly for me. It's about the reflection process. What are we observing? What are we, what are we, what are we seeing in this moment that's allowed us to make that decision? Does that make sense? It does. But yeah. I think my point, and I think what Sheldon's getting at a bit as well, it's like, to listen, certain certain players they need the struggle. They'll benefit from the struggle and they will improve while they're struggling. But yeah. players, if they're struggling too much, too much, they don't have them kind of inbuilt resilience or them characteristics to keep going. They tend to just give up. But this is where this is where a constant interaction with the players comes into it. So if we start with if, if we're challenging the players in in the initial start initial stages to actually identify what the cha- what the I guess the challenge in front of them is. If we if we if we you know if we're working with the place to identify those challenges, then we're not you know we're giving them a platform where they can now start to come up with some solutions because they've actually identified the challenge. Yeah, I hear you. So you know, for me, is even that. But you know, worst case, if we go really worst case scenario, I'd probably then step it back and say, right, okay, if they're really struggling against every other player, I might even step in there as an opposition and manage that opposition. Or my application has been in, in an opposition stance to an extent where I feel like they can be comfortable and manage it. Okay. You know, I find it. Um, I find it like just obviously interesting. I was just obviously listening and uh, whatnot, and uh, the way that we're kind of alluding to it is, uh, it feels like we're kind of talking about uh, them has like two separate paradigms where. I do feel like it is some sort of continuum to it where that um, both are appropriate at certain times. So, like, I I kind of think of uh, unopposed unopposed practices as the, the same way I think of the difference between uh, learning versus training. So learning is a, is a lot more of an individualised uh, process there uh, where, like, Within the same context, different like different individuals are going to take different things from it based on, you know, the way they are made up as a person, and the training aspect is a bit more uh, generic where you're trying to instill um, a particular thing. And like the best way that I kind of think of it is like once again I saw like um, a video on like, Iron Robin, and he was talking about he he's. Uh, <laughs> infamous or famous, whatever you want to call it, cutting in technique and the fact that he, uh, after training, he'll always train on a pose, just cutting in, doing five different uh, ways of cutting in with no 
with no sort of um, passive defender or anything. That's him train training the techniques. Right, but the question, the question, the question I throw in there is actually: Is he doing that because no one else is staying back to perform with him? No, I, I think. I, or, I saw that I'm, 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 no, I'm throwing out there like: Is there if the, if the def- if there was a defender that said, you know what, I'm going to stay out here, we're going to do this together. Would he choose that unopposed practice as opposed to that pros practice? He may choose 50-50, yes, sir. He may choose, he, and, and the reason why I say that because it's that whole building up the confidence thing. We all mm-hmm. know Robin's career. It was a case of down the right bank, cutting on the left, goal, scored. Do you know what I mean? That, so we know what that's like. Even though we've seen him years and years of doing it, he ended up perfecting it to a super level by starting off unopposed mm-hmm. and then as time went on, he, he built up, gained more confidence because that was his way of, of, of learning. Yeah. See, the thing is, you say that's his way of learning, but is that necessarily his way of learning or is that just the way he learned it? And why the I say I that is because... It, it's like an artist perfecting their skill. It's like someone like, yeah. like Alan Shearer, he didn't get good at finishing or banging them in because it's just a natural talent. He, you know, he practiced and practiced and practiced. The same with Robin. It's like, whatever you want to call it, he just wants to get his brain used to doing it, his body, his foot doing it. He just wants to perfect that technique. Okay, who's there? Yeah. I can quickly cut in. So it's like, he's giving himself that confidence. Doesn't matter who's there in front of him. He'll get. He'll, he'll do his turn and he'll do what he needs to do. Like, that's the way I see it. And it's like, for him, the defender, when he plays, it's not even important. And Arjun Robin was the type of player, it's like, as soon as the left back or right back got next to him, he would run away from them. He didn't even want them to touch them. I remember Wes Brown mm-hmm. put a challenge in him on him one time and after five, ten minutes, Robin was finished. He couldn't play the rest of the match. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. he knows he doesn't need to go anywhere near the defender to do what he needs to do because he's got the skill, the speed, the speed of thought and he's perfected the technique. So the defender's a bit irrelevant to him. Yeah. You know, it's interesting uh, what Ahmed says. So, it's just interesting what Ahmed says because I do remember um, when I was doing my masters, and there was a particular uh, research paper that I read um, on like highly skilled players versus low skilled players, and this was in basketball. But they were talking about the fact that um, they found that highly skilled players didn't actually need. Um, the visual cues to execute what they need to do because obviously the, their muscle memory of executing um, certain actions was like independent but, of that. But also within that, is you're you're right. They don't they, they don't need the physical visual cue in front of them, but it's because they've really developed a strong um, underpinning of those visual cues through what the through practice, so through representative what practice, type so of they, practice. So it doesn't have to be unopposed, but even if it is unopposed, and this is this is the, this is the part where I would say to you, like I said, I would not take out the fact that unopposed practice isn't useful. I would just argue I don't know if it's as beneficial as opposed practice. So, for instance, if I was to do an unopposed practice, I would be directing the player to perform an action in a particular way with the intention of highlighting you're performing the action in this particular way because this is the visual cue I want you to grasp, if that makes sense. Yeah, but then do you have to break that down for someone like Arjen Robin if you're coaching that standard? You don't have to. You know at the highest level, yeah, like, Just for example, like at that standard, and if you look at the other extreme, if you look at the other extreme where you're coaching four-year-olds or five-year-olds, 95% mm. of your session is going to be unopposed because you just want them to get used to the football. But, but, I, but the thing is, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. I, I wouldn't go unopposed. What, with four, five-year-olds? I wouldn't. Fair enough. <laughs> you, you'd go opposed, yes, sir. 
I no, thought, like, I to, be, to be fair, like, what is uh, it sounds extreme when he's saying it. <laughs> in the in the in the context, in the context of what he's saying, and back to like, like when we were coaching the way. these, yeah, when we were coaching these group of girls, there there was interference, and so like, um, yes, we had one v one elements of it, and there was times maybe when we wanted them to um, practice um, skills on the ball, but it would never be like skills by themselves. There'll always be interference from other players uh, in and around. So there's always that element of, um, you know, sort of, sort of evading, like yeah, evade, yeah, evading, I, I, evading I, the pressure and spatial I, I recognition. But when you when you look at when you look at um, certain practices, whether it's one or two or three, you know, people in that practice and they're doing repetitive things over and over again to perfect their skill, you, you know, we obviously. We're all coaches. We use different, um, you know, equipments like mannequins and so on. So that's giving them uh, a slight insight to where possibly different opposition players could play. And that's, for me, that's a, a way of building them up to gain that confidence mm. to actually go opposed again. Mm. But is so, that not being opposed already? Hey? Listen, I've seen. Is that not is that not in itself being opposed? Listen, I've seen some mannequins make some great tackles. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some mannequins make some great tackles. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. Yeah, I, I hear what, I hear what you're saying that it's it's kind of opposed, but it's it's to me it's it's still unopposed and the reason why but, but the thing is is it though is it really yeah. 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 I'm, I'm saying is, if you chuck a defender not, in there they're not thinking about the, if you chuck uh, a defender in there and you tell the defender to stand still yeah but you know we're never the decision making changes yeah you know we're never going to do that Couple, you, you know what I'm saying yes, but you, know? <laughs> you, you think it, it might sound extreme but I've, I've actually done that <laughs> Okay. I've actually gone to the extent of saying, right, if, if I'm gonna if this person wants to use mannequin, no, scrap your mannequin, let's get a defender in there and get him to stand still and let's see how realistic that looks. Yeah, but why did you do that to prove your point that you needed to be opposed? But prove the point, first of all, that no, not that it needed to be opposed, but if you if you then take the mannequin in and out, yep. you're going to have a different reaction, even if you told that defender to stand still. Yep. Because now as a person performing that action, you are you're actually going to be more consciously aware of the the human, in, the human human in your way. I, I get I get that, but my, my point to you, I refer back to it again. It's different ways of learning. If 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 you have say fifteen players and five of them need a different way of understanding what's our best way to suit their learning, then hmm. you need. But, to but what you what you're talking about is in my, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But what from what I what you're saying, you're just, it's about how they learn. But I'm saying right. How you learn in terms of you're talking about learning styles, right? Yep. How you t- look, but I don't think that has any impact on whether it's unopposed or opposed. I think if that that's if that's the way you're predominantly going to be, uh, I guess geared towards gaining some insight into whatever the, whatever it is that you're looking into, then that's that's that. But yeah, but I'm I'm referring back to if you think about the last discussion we had about the four corners. Mm, mm. Now, you know, a lot of the coaches, we're based on uh, it's technical, physical, technical, physical. You've got to have that psychological and that social but side. It, but this is it. This is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, so, but, psychologically, but you're, you're, you're I know you're, you're this is mannequin's point. never going to move. Yeah, but I, I know that. I know that. I, I hear what you're saying. And Go like on. I said to you earlier on, I'm 50-50. But the whole point of us and what we're trying to do for, for our plays, each and every one of them, is gaining that extra confidence in part of those four corners that they struggle in. So psychologically, so, they could break down if yeah. they're constantly getting tackled left, right and centre. But if you ship it back and say, right, okay, 
yes, it's a mannequin. I get what you're going to say. You could have put a normal person there. But if you put certain objects that relieve certain pressures for that time being, then it's our job to slowly build that pressure level um, of acceptance up in that player. And the more repetitive they do unopposed, is the more confident they then become when it comes to un uh, opposed. And uh, uh, just one last point that I want to put on that. It also reflects back to what age groups that you're training in. Mm. If you're training in professional development, you know, whether it's first team or, mm. or reserves or whatever it is, then my expectancy level of your understanding uh, when it comes to our post practice, it's, it's got to be yeah. up there as far as I'm concerned, male or female on that level. But if you're starting from four, five, six-year-olds, for me, it's about them getting a feel of what it, it could be like compared to what it's actually going to be like when they get into right. it. Right. So I'll give you an example. Then something I've done before, right, is um, a, dri a dribbling exercise, I guess. And rather than having it f a full-on duel that is 1v1, you can just come and challenge me as soon as you want. Right, actually, uh, let's imagine we've got a 10 by 5 grid, right? 10 metres long, 5 metres wide or whatever. I'm at one end, you're at one end. I'm now going to say to you, actually, I have to travel through a certain area of that grid in order to be successful and then, then get to the other end, if that makes sense. But okay. you, as a defender, are only allowed to operate within a certain area of the grid too. Does that make sense? Okay. So now I can restrict what the opposition can do and still give you that experience of relieving that pressure if that makes sense mm. with the way i design my practice now i i'm speaking from experience because something i've actually done and i've i've witnessed actually this this does work for, for me and my players anyway yeah and what i can say with that is actually when performing that and then as the as the challenge as the i guess the player becomes more confident and competent with actually just dribbling that ball I now change maybe the start position of the defender. Maybe I might change the area in which the defender can operate or whatever that looks like. So I'm slowly lifting some of those conditions to allow for that pressure to be built up. But in its initial stages, it's still going to be opposed to some extent. So I, I, I don't see why, I guess, using a mannequin, if a player is available coaches can't do something similar because I feel like in those moments, you know, there is, there is things, you know, and I'll, and I'll bring up the, I guess, the studies at some point to kind of back this up, but there is actually studies out there to show if a player is observing another player perform an action, they can actually learn by learn from that too. No, listen, I, I, I agree. Listen, I, I hear what you're saying. That's why I say I'm 50-50. But I, again, I go back to different ways of, of, of players learning and their understanding of the game. And I suppose more so because I work a lot more in the foundation phase now compared to, you know, in the, in the YDP. And again, we're going back to the conversation we had previously about the four corners. I, I'm, a, I'm a big one about the psychological, uh, the psychological corner. And some players, they do struggle, whether it's grassroots or academy, they do struggle with understanding certain concepts of a training practice if it goes full-on opposed. But then again, we've also got to look at the luxury of I'll be there by myself, I'll be there with a, an assistant, or you, do you know what I mean? So mm. that's why I'm, 50, I'm always going to be 50-50 whether it should be fully opposed or it should be unopposed because, again, you go back to the different type of circumstances that you are currently working in at that current time. Mm. No, I that's agree. I agree you know, as well. It's like... Well, yes, who was the name of what, what was the main tutor of IUA for B? Was it Ted Ted Dale? 
Yeah, yeah course so director, yeah. I remember when he started doing them little... Uh, remember when we used to stand there in formation, literally? Yeah. The micro practices. Three yards from everyone, just throwing the ball around. You get the message. Well, that's completely unopposed practice. And if you do it for five, ten minutes, players learn from that. And you got understanding of what to do. But that's, but that's, and I think that's that not... A lot of weight, for me, a lot that, of that's... A... So it doesn't... For me, it doesn't have to always be, you know straight in the pose there's times when it should be unopposed you get your ideas across you get the players thoughts when it's opposed it's like it's too fast it's too quick sometimes the players they can't keep up mentally they don't they don't have these ideas coming through their head because they're just concentrating on running at the right speed or make sure he don't get past me or when i get the ball just don't lose it do you get what i'm trying to say so it's like yeah, but what, what, what I'm trying to say is you can apply some conditions and constraints onto your practices yeah, and obviously the, we can talk about this later like in terms of... The way of, I see opposed practices is you're trying to bring in real world the actual match variables that happen. You know what I mean? It's like, but when you start adding too many restrictions, it's like, is that really an opposed practice? It's like saying to me, go and tackle Sherlin, but don't tackle him. Like, just get close to him. If I get close to him in a real match and the ball's there to be won, I'm going to win the ball. But we don't want mm. to do that. Yeah, but, but but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm what I'm what I'm saying is no. You can go and tackle Sherlin. You can do that, but you can do it in this area. Therefore, but the challenge for Sherlin is Sherlin. Can you get in this area before you achieve that end goal? You know. Now, the challenge obviously then for Sherlin is actually he's going to try and get into the area in a certain manner and get out in a certain manner. To, in order to avoid the defender now, that in itself for me is actually him already taking steps towards going to a fully opposed situation because he started having to challenge himself around how he's going to achieve that if that makes sense but what do we do if the player comes and says coach I'm, I'm not getting that right now can, can, we, can we try it this way you know and then you know, try it again what you're saying later on what do we do so I'm not too sure if I get what you mean there are you saying oh. that if the players so you've asked the player to perform an action the player's yeah. unable to perform it Yep, and, and, they want, and they want to strip it back to without having that opposition. Then can I right, start but this like comes this? back to what I was saying initially. That actually, whilst I might set up a practice in a certain way, all I'm going to do is give and present an objective for the players rather than a method. So I, I, I often or very rarely do I actually offer my players a method in which to perform it, perform it, I guess, or achieve an outcome. It's more shit. All right, I want you to get to this stage. Show me how you're going to go and do it. And then we'll work together and dissect that. Is that because you know their level already? That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm not. I'm not interested in their level. Uh, it's, okay. that's, it's no relevance to me because I want. I know in my head what I would like to see as an end goal. I want to know what you're going to come up with. And right, okay, if it works, let's let's examine that. If it didn't work, let's examine that too. But what if they don't know? So what for me, it's... Know? Well, this is when the Q and A, and I guess this, I'll start challenging it or raising their awareness of certain things. Right? Okay. So now, as an example, we go back to that five-yard pass now, where me, where, or ten-yard pass with, between you, between myself and Sherlin, right? <clears throat> or rather, if Ben and Sherlin are making ten-yard passes, and you chuck yourself in the right now, that Ahmed's in there, what are you having to think about? And they just start to expand and I guess probe them on their awareness around what they're actually taking into consideration when that action's been or that challenge has been presented for them. If that makes sense. That now that that helps me to understand okay what are they what are they perceiving is in front of them right now as a challenge what are the observ- what are the considerations they're making and then through that process and it can be a long-winded process at times but through that process it's me raising their awareness to some of the considerations they're already making and maybe subconsciously not aware of and 
also raising awareness to some of the other things that maybe they haven't even considered yet, therefore starting to, I guess, have an impact on what decisions they now take, whether that be actually I'm going to shift it before I play it or actually the ball's come to me, so I'm going to play it first time because I know if I play it first time, Ahmed's two yards to the right, so before Ahmed shifts over, if I hit it first time, it's going to work, as an example. It could be anything, but it is now through that having that opposite gone. A first time pass, and it keeps I'm not worried about that. Yeah. I'm not worried about that because, but then, but then that, that's the bit. Then we now again come back to awareness. Are are you able to play a first time pass? Yeah, but that's some of they can't. Yes, in an ideal world, like, that might. It's like me trying to do uh, algebraic fractions before a man can do fractions. You get what I mean? It's like. But what I'm trying to say to you, what I'm, my thing is, is, is the players have already started to, I guess, develop an understanding in, of the challenge that's in front of them and their awareness is raised around the considerations they're having to make to overcome that challenge. Then for me, that point onwards, it's about repetition. Actually, ball comes in if you're able to play first time. And I just come back to what we talked about the other week when I was talking about, actually, I think decision-making or the psychological corner is the most important, actually, because now, actually, when I'm not performing my technical part, even breaking it down in terms of the technical aspect of how I apply a, a, an action, whether that be passing the ball or even playing the first time, I need to make a decision. How am I going to do that? Right. I need to make sure that as that ball comes across, I'm going to hit it at this point, on this part of the ball, on this part of my foot, etc. Now, that for me is all psychological. Yeah. Which is why for me, I guess psycholo- this, the psychological corner is for me the most important. Now, you're saying, right, if a player can't play it first time, well, actually, then that's not the solution for you. So we now need to identify through, com- through discussion, through, I guess, a reflection, what might be the best option or solution for you based on your current competency. Okay, so let, 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 me, flip it. let, let me flip it around. I hear what you're saying. I hear what everybody else is saying as well. And like I said, I will always stick with the, I believe, a 50-50 approach. But what happens now, we work in the elite game. Yep. Say we're working with the likes of the a, a, a Robin or you know a, a Ribery or Cristiano Ronaldo, mm. and we all know what their their skill set is. The chopping in and turn, we, we all know what they can do. They turn around and say to us after years of training and loads of practice from from club to club, they say, "This is how I want to work on this coach. I want to work on a post first and foremost." What do we do then? Well, the thing is, for me, it's, I'll, I'll be questioning why. So remember, I've not said unopposed hasn't got a place. Mm-hmm. I've, I've merely said I don't think it offers as much benefit as the opposed side. Now, for them to want to go back to, from opposed to unopposed mm-hmm. means it's probably presented some sort of challenge in front of them, and that they're not they're not succeeding with quite quite likely. Right? And 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 if and if that challenge has been you know put forward towards them that they, they're kind of struggling with, or they want to perfect before going to oppose and they're very adamant on that that's the best way forward I, 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 I don't mind that because at that okay. point at that point we've already addressed what the challenge is therefore okay. understanding right okay we've identified challenge this, or the challenge is Ahmed is coming from two yards from the left mm-hmm. so because Ahmed's coming from two yards from the left we've identified the way we're going to need to overcome this one is actually trying to hit it first time so therefore we're going to go from that identify right this is what's going to happen Ahmed's going to come two yards from the left and we're going to have to play it first time. So now what are we going to work on? Well, actually, the ball's going to have to... Co- we're, going to we're going to replicate the scenario to the extent where the ball comes in from the same angle it would if Ahmed was there. And then you play that pass first time. But at that point, you've really understood the context in which you're going to now apply that technique. Fair enough. So for me, it's actually 
yeah, we can do some isolated work, but now that you've understood the context, why would you want to? Again, it goes back to way of learning. Uh, you're right, but some people might have a certain, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put it down to way of learning, but maybe being comfortable. That's what they're used to potentially. But I'm not, I'm not saying to players, actually, scrap all that. Let's step, step away from that. Let's just do it opposed. Let's try it. Let's see what we can develop and I guess an awareness of by doing it opposed. Why have you decided you want to do it first time? Why have you decided that? Because, you know, I think we can all agree now. If, right, let's take it away from the football context. Um, we've all, you know, or well, the three of us have kids, right? And Ben, Ben's got a couple on the way. Maybe I don't know. I have some for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but if your child came to you and they said, "Right, I've done this," and you can see that they're making the right decision, but the execution isn't correct, what are you going to do? You're going to praise them. Well done. You're making good decisions, but now you need to just focus a bit more right. on actually delivering that good quality pass or finish or whatever it is. Right now. Let's forget. Let's take it away from football. Let's just keep it out of football for a second. Let's think about a scenario. I don't know. Um, so they try to they... they clean up after themselves. Yeah, they clean up after themselves. They can make a decision. They're going to do it in the morning or they're going to do it before they go to bed. Which one are you going to praise? Yeah, but it's not. It's not about me, though, is it? No, no, no. It's not about you. But I'm saying, which one are you going to? Which Which one are you going to award more praise to? Or, or, or I guess. As I'm, an outcome, I'm not going to gonna award praise for clean up after yourself, whether they do it straight away or, or later <laughs> on. Cool. Better yet, they clean up for everyone. Yeah, but what for Yaz, them? Yaz, Yaz, what they cleaning up and making more mess in your house? But their intentions, their intentions are to clean There up. you go. But no, 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 no. But the intention is correct. So they've got the right. So now that's when now you, as the, I guess the parent, in my opinion, you yeah, step in I and say, right, you know what? You. I'm I'm great. I, I see what you're trying to do there, but maybe think about doing it this way. What why did you, you know what, what how did you create the mess? How was the mess created? Well, the mess was created because actually, or I bet yet, prime example, I think we've all been there. We go to we, you know, come back from shopping, we don't want to make two trips, so what do Take we do? All. <laughs> carry the whole we carry all the bags. <laughs> what happens on the way to the back the bags of the yard? We drop a bag. Yeah, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's rewind back. Let's go, go back on. to carrying the whole bags. Whether we drop the bag or not, and I, I, I'm going to put it out there, I'm going to drop the whole bags. <laughs> anyway, regardless of dropping the bags or not, like I said, as far as I'm concerned, I know my limits. I know but this is the thing. That thing so is. your player in your play, but you're, you know your limits because you've had experience. You've been able to reflect on that. No, 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 no. Well, no, they, no, no. Surely. Surely, I've done, listen, listen. I've done the calculation straight and forward. But that's a reflection in itself, isn't no, it? No, no. Hold, hold, hold. Let, let, let me. Um, I've done the. I've done the calculation. Yes, it's a form of reflection. But before I've done it, I know what I'm confident in doing it. That's what I'm. Trying but this to is it's okay. Okay, so now let's come back to the situation you asked me about the girls. So I'm saying mm-hmm. to now, if the girls confident enough to do it, why am I going to change it? Yeah, but we, we we put a scenario to you. If she kept on getting tackled left, right, and centre, right, what what are we gonna do? Are we gonna stick? But in the clearly, pole? clearly, her reflection isn't 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 effective enough. So if you now have established, actually, I know my limits. I can only take two bags. I'm not gonna carry that last one, my little finger. But that little finger's only gonna last me ten meters, and yeah. I need to go twelve. But hold on, hold on. I get that. But if I okay, let's say if one of you lot drop the bag, yeah, then what? You're not gonna, you're not gonna attempt it again. 
No, but that's my point. It's now understanding, right, okay, we've dropped the bag. What was the process that we under, undertook that led us to dropping that bag? I get that, yes, sir. But then if I say to you guys, okay, you know, you've dropped the bag once this time, you know, why did that happen? You know, or, you know, you've done it many yeah. times before, you know, and then you turn and say to me, you know what, maybe I need to um, go back, you know, start again slowly, then build it up and... Possibly, or you could just identify actually, do you know what? My left arm is not as strong as my right arm, so I should have taken the other bag on this side. But ultimately, what you're going to look at is actually, I can see the action they try to, they try to perform. Now right. it's about understanding for me, like, let's go back to the plate situation, clearing up after everyone, right? He's taking the bag, he's taking the plates. Right? Why has he created a mess? Because he maybe took too many plates in one go, so he started to drop things everywhere, right? So what might be that? Okay, the, the reflection is now, okay, well, how many plates did we have? Do, 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 whatever that looks like. All right, so what was the challenge that was presenting us? Well, I didn't want to make... Well, first of all, I didn't want to make two journeys, right? Okay, if you didn't want to make two journeys, you tried to make one, it hasn't worked out. Is it because you had too many plates? Or actually, we now need to maybe reorganise how we carry those plates, as an example. Or, or is it that they tried to attempt to do something because they didn't want to let you down, whether it's at home or whether it's a coach, because either the brother or sisters can do it naturally, or my teammates can do it naturally. I'm going to do it, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to struggle. But, but, that's, but that's, that's, that's not a problem, because whatever they've, it's not about why they've done it. Then we've got to strip it back then, yes, sir. Yes or no? No, no I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it that way. So, I mean, so it's not about, for me, it's not about why they've performed the action. It's about, okay. right, why have, they, why have they gone through the process that they did to achieve that outcome rather than why are they trying to achieve the outcome? Yeah, I get that. Okay, I get it. So, therefore, you're now reflecting back on the process rather than the, I guess, the why behind the, the what. You're now looking at the how. Right, how have you gone about doing this? And then, I guess, dis- deciding and agreeing and d- discussing a rationale as to what that looks like. Which is true. And then what I'm trying to say to you is they sit there and tell you, well, you know what? I see what you're saying, but I still need to start from this point here to build up, to get back to where this point is, where you kind of would like Which to Which is get fine, to. because by that point, they've already understood the context of what they're trying to achieve and why they're trying to achieve it. So, we, as an example, we'll come back to the passing situation. Ahmed's coming two yards from the left. Ben gets the ball off Sherlin, but Ben wants to get it back to Sherlin, so Ben now needs to hit it first time before Ahmed comes across. We've understood the context of the situation. Yep. So but now you, you, you're not, not going to go straight into unopposed again, though, are you? No, I'm saying you could go back to unopposed because you now know the context. Okay. All right. Or you could stay opposed and 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 try and identify a different solution based on your current competencies. But either way, we now already we now are aware of the challenge that's in front of us. So I'm saying, in my opinion is I wouldn't start unopposed. I wouldn't use unopposed if I didn't have to. And by have to means I don't have players to make it opposed. I think we're also, uh, um, okay. I think, yeah, I think we're also missing a couple of like real-world scenarios in terms of like maybe if players are carrying knocks or injuries, but we still need them to play in a couple of days, I'm sure most of their training is going to be unopposed because we can't risk them, you know. Long contact. You know what I mean, or... so they've got a bruised toe. We can't risk them getting stamped yeah. on because they need to make the match day, for example. So, uh, I guess situations and environment and you know, and age it all applies. And age, but don't you think that they can still, yeah, I, I... technically do it on opposed practice? Just that you put limitations on the other players saying they can't do it. 
yeah. but then is that opposed, opposed or unopposed no, you think, or is okay, it semi-opposed this, this is my thing this is my thing with it I feel like the definitions are a bit blurry with this like the way I, I kind of define it is like, like anything that has some sort of interference albeit physical uh, visual mental whatever audio whatever it is like audio sorry whatever it is like as far as it's interfering with um the the technical action or the skill that that player has to do that is opposed like because it is opposed is opposing the execution of that skill so like like um what yas was saying in terms of uh, that example of the five yard pass and then Ahmed's in the middle trying to that is interfering with the action of passing i'm using i'm using the visual cue of of Ahmed to try and get the ball around him so like that that's um Therefore, that's going to have a direct impact the on how you perform your yeah. first time pass, and that's 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 what I'm getting at. So I'm saying, therefore, the unopposed part is actually what you're practicing at is Purely how to do skill. things unopposed. Purely the on the technique, the technique of it. But it's, but but see, the thing is, it's the technique of it being unopposed. Unless you now start to say, actually, I've gone to the opposed extent. I've now understood the context. I understand the variables and the considerations I now have to make. In that context, therefore, now have I have an understanding that I can go unopposed and visualize those cues myself well, and perform so the action think... in a way where I now have to achieve that outcome based on these variables whilst unopposed. So it's not going to be a five yard pass through the center of the grid. It might be a five yard pass actually with a bit of a bit of curve on it towards the edge of the grid, but doesn't quite leave the so grid. Would if that, that makes be sense. Something that. Um would say is necessarily something that I'm, to, I'm just trying to think of it practically would it be something that we will do within a session um so uh, to make it a bit more specific let's say you've got a university team or so or something is that something that you will do within a session with like 25 players or is you think that is something that will be taken on by the individual Maybe like uh, I don't know, uh, an extra like ten, fifteen minutes after the session is done. No, I think that's, that's a, I think that's a whole that's a whole other discussion, man. I think that in itself is something that you have to identify before the session because you'll like, hopefully, if it's not your first session or you haven't you haven't newly joined the group that you're working with, you'll have an understanding of where they're at. And some of the challenges that they're going to be faced with, and some of the, I guess, you're going to be un- have a decent understanding of their competency levels. Again, I don't mind doing uh, work where it's low numbers, but I don't believe in solely isolated work. Or I don't believe in going to unopposed practice as a as a primary um, choice, if that makes sense. Um, I think it should. I think it has got a place, but I think it should be used uh, sparingly. You know in my what? Opinion. I feel like. Uh, I feel like maybe it's because you've been <laughs> working with a decent base of players there. You're forgetting there's there's a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking yeah, also. Yeah. Well, uh, right, well, I, 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 no, I, I don't on, know if on, I agree with that because I mean, even, I even like there's, a of, uh, there's a lot of players, and uh, I'm thinking more so specifically in grassroots that do not have the motor skills and do not actually have the body coordination yes. to actually execute those things. No, but you, 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 you're right. You're right. You're. I, I get where you're coming from. But my thing is this: right, if I now go and develop those motor skills, yeah, but look I, what you just said. Research, you said I'm, if I'm we now develop the motor skills, but how are they going to develop it? No, no. But what I'm trying to say is, but if we now develop those motor skills in an unopposed co- context, they're going to be get 
they're going to, in my opinion, they're going to get better at performing those skills in an unopposed context. If I now say to you, actually, Ben, right, me and you, we're going to spar. I'm not sparring. I'm not shadow boxing. I'm sparring against you. So I'm going to have to now develop the motor skills which overcome the challenge you've put in front of me and deal with the challenge that you've put in front of me as an individual. So I now know, okay, I might have to, sh- I might have to sh- shift and shimmy a bit different against you well, than I would that, against maybe like Ahmed. a learning or... progression in itself? Because it's the same way that Ahmed... But what I'm trying to say is, in my opinion, is I would start with that. But that's like, for me, the, just in my head, it's kind of like, you're st- we're starting at like step three and they don't know how to do one and two. You know what? I, 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 I hear, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm very intrigued what Yaz is saying. And to be honest, I think it can work. But if you want to do it Yaz's way, you need to make sure that it's like your players are comfortable to make mistakes in the session and the coach's Q&A and reflection. But, but this, is, but so they, like, but this comes if, back if to if like you said in the environment. Players know they can make mistakes. If they have questions, they can ask you and you're going to be challenging them with questions, then it will work. You'll get the outcomes that you want. But if you're a coach that doesn't have that, that skill set of being able to identify what they're doing wrong or they're finding it too hard and you can't address it, then it will become a problem and it will be unproductive. But I can see how you make it work, Yaz, because obviously I know you. And so I, everything you're saying, it kind of I can see it happening. I can see it working. But again, the standard of players is important. And obviously you know them. Don't, don't get me wrong the standard of players will have an impact but the standard of players for me will only have an impact to what extent that that competency then ends up becoming so for instance if I've got ultimately for me if I've got if I've got like 10 players whether they're new or not new but they're all aware of the variables they need to now consider or they have a deeper understanding of the variables they're going to consider in each given moment then I'm, I'm cool with that because the fact that you're aware of it means that you're now in a position to start developing solutions for it. Let, let me let me add something to that. Exactly what Ben and Amir said, you know, our, our echo as well. We we know you. We, we we know how you work, and everything you said is absolutely spot on because we can see you doing it because we know how how good you are and how you work. But we've also got to look at the coaches that's out there that either just getting into the game of, of becoming a coach or the ones that's done their level ones or twos or whatever whatever course they choose to do. And they've got tutors giving them a, a different direction of saying that you must start with unopposed first, then you build it into a pose and then you go into a small side of the game. It, 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 we, we've got four different you know coaches on, on board in this podcast and we, we all agree with each other but not agree with each other at the same time because we have our own individual ways so where I'm coming from is I'm thinking about all these ones that's coming into the game what is the best advice to, to, to give them regarding you know whether it's opposed or unopposed because both mm. things can work yeah for me I think ultimately if you're coaching no matter what you're coaching whether it's unopposed or opposed you, what you need to know is the landscape in which your players are expected to then perform so if I'm working with under nines, what does an under nine game actually look like? What is the spectrum? What does that spectrum look like? What can it, what should, you know, what am I looking in, at in terms of what under nine should be able to do? Therefore, I can now start to gauge, all right, well, if that's what they should be able to do, that means I can now start to look at the, some of the considerations they have to then make in each given context they're in, if that makes sense. So for me, it is really about understanding the age 
or stage of the players that you're working with as a primary and then being able to look at that subject or objectively and say, actually, this is what's happening. These are the things that are happening. These are the things that may or may not be impacting decisions of players in, this, in these different situations. Now, that process in itself don't get me wrong. I, 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 when I first started coaching, this wasn't my this was this wasn't my thought process at all. But as the years have developed, I've started to understand. Actually, you can teach all these players all the techniques in the world. You can give them all the unopposed practice in the world. In my opinion, and I and I must stress that is this is only my opinion that it, despite all that, unless they understand the context in which these things need to be applied, yeah, in my opinion, they're useless. But, but what I'm saying, how do you then develop that decision-making if you don't have an awareness of the context? And you can only get the awareness of the context if you've viewed it, if you've had a, vis- a sight of it in, in some way, whether that be visually watching a game, whether that be being involved in the game or some sort of practice of some sort where there is opposed practice going on or opposed action going on. Now, once you get that understanding, then... I don't mind if you go, in my opinion, then you can think about introducing some unopposed works so to speak because you've really got the context in which you now need to apply and therefore as you're performing those unopposed actions you can start to visualize when this stuff is actually being applied as opposed to right you know maybe it's probably similar to what some of you guys maybe have done in the past or maybe have been exposed to in the past where right we're going to work on dribbling we're going to go in and out of cones what I'm sorry, but I've never seen no cones on a football pitch. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't use cones. If you come and watch my sessions, I don't even use cones. And even if I do, I use white cones. I don't use coloured cones. I mean, I, 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 because it does. It's, you don't see anything else on the pitch apart from white. So it's just little things. Like why am I going to put you in a situation where I want you to develop at doing something here? But actually, I'm putting you in a context in an environment that doesn't give you exposure to what you need you to develop in. So for me, it's like going in and out of cones, it's not going to help me do anything but going in and out of cones. If I now put a player in front of you, and I'm talking about a player as opposed to a mannequin, you're now thinking, ooh, what kind of player? You're already in your mind, even if you know the player is not allowed to move, you're already thinking, well, if this player could move, what would that movement look like? Now, that will be different if I've got Ben in front of me. That'll be different if I've got Sherlin in front of me. And that'll be different if I've got Armid in front of me. But, yeah, but I'm already that's, that's starting what I'm saying. to that's, make that's, build, that's building their confidence. Either unopposed or, or with a mannequin. But that's what, building their confidence. But again, so, but again, remember, I'm not saying to you unopposed doesn't have a place. I'm just mm-hmm. saying I don't think it's as beneficial as opposed work. And for me, opposed work, even that, even just having that human body in front of you, as opposed mm-hmm. to a mannequin, is giving you a different dimension. So, so what are we saying now? You're 60, 40? I'm, I'm probably 95, 5. The only one I pose is the drink. 95, 5. You know, and I'm... I'm uh... The drinks were... Basically, even, even then. No, it's not. It's not. That's the maddest thing. Even in my drinks break, you get a drinks break in my session, you better believe you're doing 1v1s. 1v1s to your bottle. 1v1s <laughs> one one to the bottle, isn't it? Go right, go, you got you got to beat a man to get to your bottle. You ain't drinking, bro. No, you know what? I find I do like obviously I know that we're obviously like like kind of discussing it in the extremes of it, but like I always think of it like in reality, obviously that for me both of them should marry up, and um, kind of like what Sheldon's saying, and it seems like the the main debate that we're having here is that yes, more so feels that once the player has those visual 
that visual perception and that understanding of like a 1v1 element or like executing a technique with the sort of visual interferences there, that's that's when you can start going back to the uh, you can start going to the honor pose. Not, 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 no, 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 not no, necessarily. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, what, go, I'm say, say what I'm saying is that's when you may choose why would to they go, not back, go back, right? However, yeah, why would they not? Because they may you decide, actually, I'm already aware of the considerations I need to make, therefore, I'm going to challenge myself so with a this league player, in front example, of me. A Premier, Premier League player, uh, yeah. after they've had yeah. their team training and whatnot. But this, but this is it. This is the key part. After they've had their team training, why is it after they've had their team training and that they're going to be isolated work? Because possibly they might be the only ones that want to stay. Not particularly, behind it may, it may be, but no, but That's it may not, be the, no, um, the, the particular, like the particular limitations on it that they, they there's X, what there's X amount on, of players, limitations? there's X amount of players. They only have, they only have this training slot yeah. where they can get these players in due to the sort of sports science. Um, element of it and they have a specific team strategy to but, this, but, but, but what you're talking about is extras right no it's not this, it's not it's you're not particularly extra because that some of the, some of the, there's some clubs that actually prescribe and have individual coaches within the team first team self which is fine but remember what I'm saying to you I'm not saying to you it doesn't have a place and remember right at the beginning of the conversation I said to you I, I would use unopposed practices if I was doing individual coaching but already within that individual coaching now everyone's different but the way I would deliver my individual coaching I am now raising your awareness of some of the the scenarios that we're going to be working through in this but it doesn't one session that, but that's the thing on the pose practice for me is not necessarily always individual anyway because it can be it can be within the unit yeah. it can be within no, the no, no, units no 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 it's not but what that's, I'm trying to, that's, okay, that's even within itself even understanding within the units but what I'm trying to say even with even, even with that I'm saying okay fine but on the pose I'm saying if only time I do Isolated. Now, okay, let me rephrase what I said. What I meant to say was only time I'd maybe potentially do isolated technical work is in a one-to-one session. Aside from that, I'm going to isolate technical work isn't the only, only unopposed sort of practice you can do. No, but you're saying to me the unopposed practice because yeah. there's no opposition involved. But I'm saying to you now, if, if I'm working with a team, why would... I I personally would not go from being opposed to unopposed if I'm working with a team. If I've got the option to have a pop opposition yeah, in yeah, there. Okay, yes, yeah, we all hear you, yeah. And it's honestly this has been a really interesting topic. But even if you look at it from like a business point of view, say 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 you're running the grassroots club and you're taking your approach and a lot of mistakes are happening, you can't really see the progress. Like a lot of the parents won't see the progress, but you see the progress. You get what I'm saying? So, but this, this, but like this, this is progress, this is where it comes now. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So I'll give you an example. So gonna, coming back to that, that we're going to go find somewhere else. But but this is where it becomes important to identify you for, for yourself, right? This is the approach we're going to take. This is how we're going to get there. And this is what it might look like. So for me, in that respect, it's about setting expectations. So kind of like what we talked about earlier, it's about setting that environment. I know when I go into my coaching environments, I'm telling the players, there's going to be times where I'm not going to get, tell you what to do. I'm just going to ask you about what you're doing and quiz you on that. They already know that's what's coming for them. Same way as there's going to be other times where I'm going to say to the players, actually, do you know what, lads or girls, today we're going to try this. I've never tried this before. We're going to try this and see how it goes because it's about 
in those initial stages, developing that rapport and that trust so that they know it's an open and honest environment going both ways. So you can be vulnerable around them and they can be vulnerable around you. Therefore, they're going to hopefully allow themselves to be in a position where they don't mind making mistakes because they know it's not going to be, quote unquote, belittled, but actually it's going to be constructive feedback given off the back of that or at least some sort of element of feedback where they're going to have to probe and think about what they're doing and why they've done it. Therefore, That's giving the them a platform like to now hopefully develop on that. What you do, yes, because in my opinion, if you always have success in what you're doing, are you ever learning? Then, then you're not learning. Well, if you're always having success exactly. in what you're doing, so the thing you is, the challenge in front of you isn't learn, isn't big enough. Which is one thing that is uh, so you're in your comfort zone. If you can get that out of your players and they understand that and they're open to make mistakes and try new things, then it will work very well. But that again comes from the coach, like highlighting listen you're here to learn you're here to make mistakes it's a difficult session you know you need if you find you're struggling with something let me know i'm gonna challenge you you're gonna challenge me yeah and then it will work and we've seen you do it and it works really well but i think what sherlin's saying is like some of the listeners might be from yeah true you know a group that's really young or they might be inexperienced they need to perhaps you know maybe follow the fa model a bit more of maybe concentrating on the technique and then moving to the skill and so on well, I definitely hear what you're saying, Yaz, and it does make sense for us because we know you and we've seen you do it. But yeah, you just got to maybe keep it in perspective in terms of, you know, if a parent's unhappy, if a kid's struggling a bit too much and it's killing their self-esteem, then I, I, I agree with what everyone's saying. Like you might need to have to tweak it a bit for them types of individuals. Yeah, I, I, again, I second exactly word for word what Armin's just said. It's it's a case. It's not you know we're we're four coaches, you know on on different levels. We've got some serious bags of experience on on this podcast. I'm just trying to reflect back to probably when we all first started, and you know you know all coaches that's first starting now, they're going to be probably listening to us and thinking, well, you guys are okay because you're you know you're more well established or something. I'm just trying to find a solution and a clearer understanding that you know what you're saying, yes, sir, and what Armin and Ben and myself are saying is spot on there is room for there is room for it whether how much percentage on you know is is higher than the other one there's still room for both but it's a case of if you're first starting the whole process as Armin just alluded to you know sometimes the tutors on these courses they put you in different directions where your mindset is saying well but I can still work with it on there it's it's, it's like what you said the other day you learn one thing on the course then you do the complete opposite when you go back to your club mm. but you know, the overall picture is for the coaches out there, it's finding that right balance, you know, of what's more important for you at that time in your practice or your, your sessions, whether it's it's ninety-five percent, you know, opposed, you know, like yourself would think, yeah, yes, sir, and five percent unopposed, whatever it is, or fifty fifty like myself, whatever it is, you've got to find that balance as a coach to fit in both. And again, the, the higher number is not the essential one. It's what your rationale is is the most important factor, which you've you know obviously you you, you know you've said throughout this, this whole podcast. So the question is then, guys. What, Here it comes. <laughs> what do you feel is the it most depends, appropriate it for you? Depends, yes. It's like even uh, it depends on your environment, what your parents want, if you're a business owner, what your kids want, if they're low on confidence. It depends what type of session it is. If you're doing it in a and a lot of coaches start out doing it like community sessions in the States where people just want to come and play goals or have fun. And you know. So it, it's completely, it's like, it depends. But the one thing that the coach is 
directly responsible for and have to, has to ensure whatever the outcomes they want from the session, they have to be met. Whether it's using unopposed or opposed or whatever it is, you need to meet your outcomes, basically. And you've just got to work with the environment and the standard you've got and what other variables are mm. in the picture. Um, yeah, for me, uh, like, I'm kind of with Sheldon on this way. Like, I'm, I won't be directly... I'm 50-50 in terms of on the post and on the post, but in terms of how that translates uh, to the way like my my sort of session would be if I had no sort of um sort of like above powers uh, limiting me, I would it probably be more so about seventy thirty in favour of on the post. Um but I, I acknowledge like the benefits of opposed uh, in it in terms of like perfecting on skill, in terms of acquiring skill. And I don't necessarily look at them as two separate entities because it may it may be that like I, I may be doing like a small sided game um six v six and then the, there may be a particular scenario that comes up where I would have to highlight the you know the technical execution of um what a player is doing and it may it may not involve just a visual cue it just may be purely talking about um them uh provide like producing that technical uh, execution there and I think I just like to think of it more so as like a continuum um, so if I see that obviously they are comfortable with the un- unopposed element of it if I, if I am doing the unopposed uh, session then I'll start to gradually increase the opposed element of it it may be a passive defender it then may become an active defender or if it's a passing thing it may be someone uh, coming to put pressure on them in line with the ball or it may be someone like actually putting mm. physical pressure on them based on how comfortable they are with um, uh, producing that technique yeah again you know as I've said before I'm, I am 50-50 and I'm 50-50 on a personal level but the numbers change every single time I go into a session and, and again, you know, as we've all said before, the environment is a key factor. I mean, grassroots, you, you start off, for me, I, I've always started off, well, let's just see what level of players are. You put them in unopposed and you, you would normally take a bracket of that group who understand the, the concept of what needs to be done a lot more sooner than the others. And then, you know, you kind of separate them. And this all depends on how many coaches you have. You know, and also in the professional environment as well, you know, things are a lot more different because the level of players is a lot more higher than than a, a, a new starter. So my, my personal number is 50-50. But at the same time, going by the experiences of coaches that I've, whether I've worked with or shadow coach or just know in general. And yeah, I will refer back to you, Yasa. I know how much opposed means to you. And that's rubbed off for me to a point as well. So again, it, it's the environment, it's your knowledge. It's you your careful, your missus ain't walking by listening to the <laughs> intro and they hear you say that. Nah, she knows I got mad love for football <laughs> coaches, so, you know, that, that's fine. But no, on, on, a, on a serious level, everyone's got their different percentage and numbers and I think it's what is suitable for you in your current environment. And whether it's you that owns the club or that's you that have people above you going by the club's philosophies or it's just you as a coach. So my personal number, we know that. But when it comes to session-wise, again, it depends on what environment it is. So, yeah. Mm. 
Cool. Well, listen, guys, it's been another very interesting conversation, a bit longer than expected, but um, nonetheless, very enjoyable. Um, yeah. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope mm-hmm. you guys have as well. Um, Most definitely. Look forward to the next discussion. You know, if guys, if you just let viewers know where they can find you if they want to get in touch with yeah, you. Yeah, guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at FocusBXN. That is F-O-C-U-S-B-X-N. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at secondbest22. That's 2ND, best, 2-2. Two, two. Yep, you can find me on Insta and on Twitter. On Insta, it's Bellofigo78. That's B-E-L-L-O-F-I-G-O-7-8. And Twitter, it's Sherlin8-16. That's S-H-E-R-L-E-N-A-T-O-R-1-6. And guys, you can find me on Instagram at The Coaches Network or on Twitter at The Coaches Net. If you've got any questions, we're going to be hopefully having a section at each podcast now. We're open to answering viewers' questions or listeners' questions, rather. Um, get in touch. You've got my got our details, all the guys' details. Look forward to the next discussion. Bye. Until then, take care, guys. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning to another edition of the Coaches Network podcast. I've no doubt you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Now that you've got a way to contact all the guys, we look forward to seeing some comments and questions around today's show. And don't forget, head over to the platform that you found this edition on and leave us a five-star review and let everybody know how awesome the show is. We read all comments, good or bad, so leave that comment for us and take care, everyone. Until next time. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together.